Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. As always, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for taking the time today. And just a big shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles, Subtle Solution Media, who helps to make this podcast possible. I'm excited for today's episode. We have founder of the One Shot Movement, author, speaker, podcast host, investor, lifestyle coach, coming from down under, Craig Schultz on the call. Craig, how are you today? Great. I'm looking forward to spending time with you on your show and uh, giving as much value as possible and insight as possible to your audience. Yeah, absolutely. And I know there's a lot of value to be had. Also, I should mention the author of the book, You Have One Shot. You've got one shot. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. But first, I want to make sure that our audience can get introduced to you. We do have a few listeners in Australia from all over the world. So anyone in Australia, you might have heard this name already. But Craig, please, the floor is yours to introduce yourself really quick. Yeah, thank you. And um, yeah, my journey in, I guess, business and life, um, business has been 20 years. But before that, my, I guess my experience in life really started. I left home when I was 15, not because I wasn't loved. It was just because I lived in a small town where our schools finished at year 10. So I sort of moved away from my family at a very young age and you grow up quite quickly at that. At 17, I've been self-funded since then. So I put myself through university and then I got a good job as an engineer and fired my boss age 21. So I took a big leap of faith and started my first business. That was a fitness club. I knew nothing about business. At 21, you probably don't know much about life. But what I lacked in business and life skills, I made up for the will to do whatever it took to have success. Three years in, I was one of the states of Australia's fitness professionals of the year. I then opened five fitness clubs, set up 22 franchises. And then I hit my first business speed hump through the global financial crisis, which took me on to another journey, another run. And that was building businesses online. I then built a multi-million dollar products based business business in 100 countries, traveled the world. And the last few years, I've been really focusing on me and my personal brand, my one shot and writing a book. And that was inspired by my biggest personal challenge in life, which was my wife and I, we lost our first son, who was a stillborn baby just before birth that sort of turned the world upside down. And in his funeral, I said that I would leave a legacy where he can inspire the world, even though he didn't have one breath on this planet. So I wrote the book, You've Got One Shot. I now have a podcast and a show where I've interviewed 100 incredible people from all around the world that have made the most of their one shot. Um, I've got courses, content, and really looking forward to um, spending time with you here today. Yeah, and an absolutely amazing story, and we're going to be jumping into some of that. But, you know, Craig, I think it's, it's about time you start getting off the couch and do something with your life because <laughs> not, not too much of the resume, right? <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's, and that's, you know, just on that point, a really important point, like 2020 for me, I felt like a bird in a birdcage. I was spending 20 weeks a year traveling around the world, mm-hmm. making the most of my one shot, treating the world as my oyster. And last year I spent 10 months in lockdown and that rocked one of my core values, which is actually travel and freedom and life and so on. So, you know, that was a challenge, a different challenge in its own right. Frustration was something that I felt in 2020. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that frustration, I think a lot of people could resonate with and they felt as well. I know on this podcast, we talk a lot about 
the no rain, no rainbows and going through the storm. And I did want to start kind of on the storm you share. And it's pretty early on in the book with the title, you know, there's no heartbeat and she's going to have to deliver the baby. And just for the listeners, you know, we've kind of spoken about this before, and I know you've been really open about this as part of your story, but I guess take us to that moment and really how that impacted you. Yeah, look, I'm very open about that. And I, I really, I've, I've told this story many, many, many times. So hopefully, you know, your audience can get value out of it. But I want to just take you back a little first. So 12 years in business for me was great. You know, I was that guy that I referred to as a stoic, hardcore person that dealt with challenge and adversities many, many times along the road. And I would keep that adversity and that, I guess, challenge university for myself and I would deal with it and I'd never cried in front of my wife or anything and business was good life was good relationship was good everything was going good and my wife and I had been going in for regular checkups for to be new parents and um, what happened was we all packed to go on a holiday a few weeks out from you know having our first child and we're in a really really happy place my siblings ironically had all had a child within the last six months and we were next and everything was good around Christmas time and we go in to hospital just for a routine checkup and we're in there sitting in the room and the obstetrician the doctor said look there's no heartbeat here and like I just froze I was in shock it felt like that when you drive down a hill real fast and you dip and your stomach drops it was just like whoa what just happened here and he said look we're going to get a second opinion we're going to just check it out don't panic just yet and they get a second opinion and there was no heartbeat and at the time I just wanted it all to go away and I said look what what happens next can she just go and have an operation and you know not know what's about to happen and they said look unless she's about to pass and she's in serious emergency, she'll have to deliver naturally. And the thought of that at the time was just unthinkable, really, because, you know, everyone says, oh, watching the delivery of your, your baby's the best day of your life. And you knowing what was, you're going to watch your wife go through extreme pain. And you know that the outcome is you're leaving hospital without your baby. So those bags packed were not packed for a holiday. They were packed to move into the delivery ward. And at that time there, I was like just looking at the ceiling, laying down on the couch, looking at the ceiling going, I I just don't want to go through this. But I had to face the reality. There's nothing that you could do to change what that situation was going to be and just had to face the fear. And my wife started going through her delivery and I was supporting her as you do with, you know, I was giving her a massage as she was going through the pain and I just started crying and I cried uncontrollably what felt like it was for hours and like I'd never cried in front of my wife and I just felt like my head was like slapped into the pillow and I was, you know, just in an extreme release of emotion. Maybe 35 years of emotion was just coming out knowing what was going to happen and my wife, you know, went through the labour process and the doctor said it's probably more painful because the baby's not trying to help to come out as well and, you know, I, I just go and collapse in the chair afterwards and they put the baby on Karen and said, you know, the skin on skin, that connection, and they said to me, would you like to meet your son? And, you know, I just held him and just uh, just this moment where I was having a deep and meaningful conversation and he just looked perfect as babies do and there's nothing wrong there. And But there's just this little tear in his eye 
in the cheer duct and I, you know, I just said, look, I'm going to make you proud. Like, you know, I'll, you know, I'm going to leave, I'll do something. Like, you know, I just had this pledge of how that made me feel at the time. And, you know, then for the next two days, we got to spend time with him. So we've got memories of, you know, him dressed up and photos. And, you know, that's just for my wife and I, my actual number one treasure of, is his feet that I have on my phone. And, and the perspective that that brings me when I'm going through challenge or adversity, I say, hey, that was a bad situation, but look at the phone and go, no, no, that's just, you know, bad, but you're watching your, you know, I'm, I'm treating it like it's as bad as that situation there. So putting things into perspective I think was really, really important. But, yeah, the next two days we just had some really precious moments and he started to decompose too much so they you know then wheeled him off to the morgue and the next week was just such a surreal week you know you're signing birth certificates you're signing death certificates you're meeting funeral directors you got people like bringing you know amazing support and gifts and you know your emotional roller coaster at the time and the next week I just started journaling and started writing you know a, things about a book and so on and then the funeral comes along and in the funeral I'm carrying the coffin in and you know I, I make my speech and I said to people I said look you know Ethan didn't get his one shot at life he didn't even have one breath you're all in the game what have you got to worry about and I said to him that you know my future children will one day acknowledge that you know their father was a better father because of that experience they're going to acknowledge that your father was more motivated more inspired to more driven to give them more opportunity more love more care and when they achieve success they're going to acknowledge that it's because of their brother that you know they've been given this amazing opportunity at life and Four years after that, I got asked to write a book about business, about whatever due to success. And I said, look, I don't want to do that unless it's meaningful to me. And um, I, I went back to that story and just brought it to life. And then the one shop movement started. And now, you know, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, first, Craig, I appreciate you sharing that that story for so many of us because there's so many important lessons and, and you kind of break through those lessons in your book. But one of the main focuses I, I take away from that is how fast your perspective of that situation changed to the point of, you know, at the funeral, understanding your why. And one thing I thought of, and I could see the trajectory your life has taken since then. And there's a, an amount of success that was enjoyed beforehand. So how did that moment, what was your why beforehand? And how did that moment kind of change everything moving forward? And what's been the difference in experience since? Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, the first page of my book is life is made of moments and one moment can change your life. And for me, due to growing up without much, like I left home when I was young, my parents, you know, just had enough for us to get by. I think my dad said he used to rent our house for $2 a week and could buy it for $2,000. And it's a very humble, humble, humble beginning. So business and life for me was a little bit materialistic in a way, to, to be really frank. And, you know, I wanted to put myself into a really good financial position, but it was just about the money. It was about lifestyle. It was about living in a nice house. It was about that. And business and everything was really around that. And, 
that there really again changed that one moment changed everything for me and I now look at life in a different through a different lens let's say and I always say to people I try and turn my money into memories rather than I don't want to be the richest man in the cemetery I want to be happy I want to live comfortably I want to you know build wealth which I've, I've done incredibly well and put myself in a really good financial position I do have a holiday house but you know somebody said to me look a holiday house is not the best investment to make but it's 200 meters off the beach it's an hour from home and Mm -hmm. I can now take my kids there and you know it's memories so I think my perspective of what accumulation and money and all that really really changed I moved into a little bit more contribution so like last year I was uh, to go on my first trip to Kenya to help with children charity and go and build a school in children charity that didn't go ahead obviously due to not being able to travel but have also helped with raising money for kids displaced in domestic violence um, help you know I want to do more in stillborn and you know people that really really struggle like there's so many people that really really struggle and I had that conversation with myself where I can go I could go down that path and blame the world and you know hate everything and why me and poor me and I could go down the path of hey you know let's let's pick ourselves up let's dust ourselves off and I went and did my first speaking gig five weeks later after grieving and grieving is really really important and, and going through that healing process rather than carrying that with you but I, I went and spoke and it was a, a leadership retreat. There was 110 people there and I created a mini movie of that situation with the, it just left the room absolutely speechless, crying like crazy, but I felt so vulnerable and I felt like I was speaking naked, like and it, all eyes are on me. But I think, yeah, my whole view of the world and what I wanted to achieve completely and utterly changed by going through that challenge and experience. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk about that moment too, because you mentioned before you could go down that road. You could go down the why me road and get into a mindset of why is this happening to me? But there's another road to go down, which you talk about with perspective and whatnot. What is it that helps us choose one over the other? And I'd say this is maybe specific for any of the listeners who might be going through their own little journey they might come at a crossroads themselves. What can we focus on? What can we do to hopefully pick the more productive road versus the self-detriment road? Yeah, look, at again, it's a great question. I think what really helped me was on my journey to that point in time, I'd invested a lot into myself, my own personal development and mindset and growth. And, you know, I'd already understood that life was made of challenges and you know it's not a matter of if it happens it's a matter of when how big how often but most importantly how you deal with it so I was already in that situation so I would just say to anybody the best thing that you can do moving forward is accept and embrace that challenges are going to happen it's just a matter of how big and then how you deal with it but and how often they occur but it's a guarantee that it will happen but I would really say if you can build your mindset into a level that you know what I see for a lot of people see is a mountain challenge I see is a little speed hump on the road and it's really because I'm like going yeah look at that I get that that's a little challenge but 
you know, it's small compared to the way you're looking at it, mm-hmm. uh, compared to what I'm looking at it. So for anyone wants to get really good at dealing, spend every day while you're in your car, listen to an inspiring podcast, listen to, you know, your podcast about inspirational stories and people that have embraced it and take the lessons out of that and just continue to build up your brain and your mindset. Like no different if you go to the gym and you're trying to work on building your muscles, go on. That's how I, I've invested over half a million dollars into my own personal growth through coaching, mentoring, courses, you name it. But every day when I do a workout, I'm still listening to a podcast like yours. You know, I'm still trying to learn, grow and just nourish myself with really high quality content. And if you can do that, when your challenges come along, you'll deal with them a whole lot better. Yeah, no, absolutely. I use this line over and over again. I call it digging the well before we're thirsty and just pouring into ourselves. And I mentioned increasing our capacity for challenges. And we talk about on the podcast here a lot of when we prep ourselves and we work on ourselves, we better prepare ourselves for the challenges that we know life will throw our way. And as we've seen through the podcast where we were focused on in-person interviews, when the pandemic hit, we transitioned to doing Zoom interviews, which has allowed us to open up our borders and not just interview folks in South Carolina, but having wonderful guests like yourself in Australia in a different time zone where it's evening over here, morning over there. So just understanding the benefits of some of the challenges that we go through and really the good that can come out of them. I want to jump over to a question I wrote down based on something you said about the problems that some might see as a mountain, but you could see as a molehill. And you mentioned in the book too, about kind of like thinking big and breaking down the steps. How can we minimize some of these huge obstacles that we perceive in our lives and prepare ourselves to better tackle them? Yeah, look, I think that there is a great question. I would always just say the best way to avoid maximum impact of a challenge is the people that you surround yourself with can be really, really important. So for me, if I look at my journey, I found my first mentor through gratitude and generosity, but that mentor he he's helped me navigate through financial challenge through the global financial crisis every time i'm looking to invest into a new property or a new business i book a time and i sit down and i run through everything with him just in case i am missing something i can't see something but if i'm going through personal challenge you know having those really good voice of reasons around you that can put some perspective in the corner and you know, your network will reflect your net worth. So the most important thing is to build and develop meaningful relationships with people. And I do talk about that in the book. If I'm to give my son, my daughter, the best advice I can ever give them, it's about build and develop meaningful relationships because that can open doors for you. It can protect you. It can help you navigate through the fog. And I would just say that that's really, really important to help you go through the challenges. And then don't be that person that thinks you're the smartest person in the room, that you know everything. Don't be that person that goes, hey, I've I've hit a challenge, but I'm going to deal with it myself. Maybe you need to sit down and have an open conversation with a friend or someone you admire to just say, hey, this is what I'm facing right now. Um, what do you think about that? 
and drop the ego and just take on their advice. And you might go, wow, I didn't agree with that 10 things he said, but that one thing, I never thought about it like that before. And that there's changed my whole view of the situation that I'm going through. So I think it really gets back to the people that you surround yourself with, who you listen to. I don't want to learn property investing off a renter. So if you if I go and ask for a renter, for his opinion on my next property investment, it's going to be pretty bad advice. It's still advice, but it's it's bad advice. So same applies when adversity challenges hit. It's those people that are around you that you can use in your advisory team. And I talk in one of my courses now around build your world-class team, you know, and that's what I would say. Yeah, building that team team is huge and surrounding yourself with the right people. Part of that too is, and you kind of mentioned some of living for more than just yourself and living outside of yourself. A lot of people find it hard sometimes to make it through certain periods of their life because they're connected to just their own ambitions. You mentioned earlier, your ambitions being mainly through materialistic things until the switch. If somebody right now doesn't have a solid why, and maybe their ambition is just simply more. I want more money, bigger house, things like that. How can they find a connection? How can they tap into something and, and I guess, broaden their horizons and elevate their perspective a little bit? Yeah, look, I think ultimately, I use the, I guess, the end goal is creating, if you can create joy, fulfillment and happiness in your life, you can pretty much live, you know, in a really good space, all right? So joy, fulfillment, and happiness. Now, to achieve that, I have a what I call my work-life vision book is seven areas of mastery. It's uh, in my chapter three or four of my book as well where I talk about the seven key areas to master, to master your life, to create joy, fulfillment, and happiness. Now, I'll use an example for that. You could be financially wealthy and have a horrific family life, social life and health and fitness, for example. There are a couple of areas of the seven areas and you, it doesn't matter how much money you have, the chances of you being joyful, happy and so on, it's not going to work. So, you know, if you tick one of the seven boxes and the other six are horrific, that's not going to be a great scenario. Similarly, you could have the, you know, I guess the best relationship and your fun and good network and, you know, whatever, whatever, but your health is horrendous. If your health is horrendous and your fitness is horrendous, then, you know, you're not going to be operating at an optimal level. So I sort of like lay out seven key areas to work on, to master, find there might be one that's a weakness or there might be you just, you've got them all okay, but getting them all better is a way to perform, a way to uh, live in flow and strive for joy, fulfillment and happiness. For me, I was really focused on money. So one of the areas And at the time, while I was building money, and I was a personal trainer and I had five fitness clubs, I actually put health and fitness as a secondary, as a third type of thing. And I I went through a phase where I was traveling that much, I was eating out all the time, meeting people, 
I gained five or six unwanted kilos. I wasn't happy the way I looked because I'd always been. So that was making me unhappy, even though I was making good money. So I guess to put some perspective around that question, I wanted to sort of bring an example in there as well. Yeah. I mean, that's huge in terms of letting people know that there are so many different dimensions to what it takes to build a happy and fulfilled life and to live a life with joy is filling all those different areas of your life because there are a lot of times we go down one rabbit hole, we go so deep and we realize we still feel empty. And the reason is because we're not trying to fill one cup, we're trying to evenly fill out a number of different cups. I want to, I guess, focus on overcoming challenges as we're coming to towards the end of the podcast. And I know you've worked with so many people on building their lifestyles and the lifestyle you've been able to build. And of course, the impact with the one-shot movement that Ethan continues to have on the world through your work. How can, or maybe in the experience of your training, how have you seen people make that transition from where they are in life to where they can operate? where they might be functioning. And we've mentioned the thermostat type of analogy before where a lot of us keep ourselves at a certain level and whether it's limiting beliefs, whether it's uh, disconnect with the true goal we have in mind or vision, how have you been able to help people and see people make that transition from where they are to where they can actually go? And I'd love to kind of try and bridge that gap for some of our listeners. Yeah, good question. I, I would just say people need to make a decision themselves. all right? So I can't force anybody to do anything. I could sit there in a, a room as a teacher and say, hey, you've got to make the most of your life and go out there and make the most of your one shot, but it's got to come from within. So if you're disturbed, you're shaken up because you're not making your, your most of your one shot, you're not happy, you know, you go into your job just because it pays the bills, but you're going, I hate my job, I hate my boss, I hate getting up at four in the morning to get to job, my job at seven and, you know, and you feel trapped in your ecosystem, in your world and your friends are draining the life out of you and you feel like, there's no happy place in end, you know, and you accept that, there's not much that I can say to help you move through that situation. But if you feel that today's the day that things are going to change and you make a decision, then there's a whole lot of things that I would advise people to do. And the first thing is, is to put a plan in place. You mentioned your why, and I I sort of like put that in there as my work-life vision book with the seven key areas to master, to master your life. And you go through an exercise like that and you go, hey, this is where my finances are right now. Not that good. This is where I would like them to be in one year if I go and apply myself in three years and in my dream life. This is my health and fitness right now. Will I smoke and I'm doing this and I don't exercise? It's terrible. This is what I'm going to do, but this is what I'm going to put in place one year, three years and in my dream thing. You go through the seven key areas and you've all of a sudden got a bit of a a starting point and you've got something to work towards. And goals and habits to get there, you need a vehicle, to get there as well so if you're in a job okay do I do a side hustle do I you know get a second job to increase my income to be able to move forward to goal one two three so I guess you need to identify your starting point also 
that which is, you know, really relates and ties back to your why, but you've got to make a decision that you're ready to change because if you're not ready to change, you've accepted the Groundhog Day and the end, uh, there's no end in sight, then there's not much people can say to do that. And often, getting back to the one shot, people need to be shaken up and have that you know, fear of God put into their life, that car accident, that marriage breakup, that loss of child, that financial devastation to be their wake-up moment. And a part of my mission is for people to understand that you don't need to go through that to understand that you do have one shot at life. And that's sort of a lot of where I come from in, in my teaching. Yeah, kind of letting folks know the reality of what they can change now in a period of comfort versus a period of discomfort and when we have no choice where we're on our knees and life has come for us instead of us coming for life speaking of your mission craig i want to make sure that our just audience one, one, if you don't mind I'll, I'll, please just uh, i'll add one bit to that too people need to understand that when you've made that decision you're going into battle you know and don't expect to be an overnight success story you know that there you've got the 10,000 hours to build your competency you've got the work the hustle the grind the you know the out of comfort zone moments the wins the losses you know all of these things are going to be a part of that journey and just embrace that don't get frustrated that hey i'm not a millionaire in my first six months that's okay that's a part of the journey and the process but when you've made that decision commit to going through those challenges and adversities yeah i could say firsthand the challenges and adversities are there you don't see them coming until you're in the thick of them but it is an adventure and an experience that i wouldn't really switch for or trade for anything else right now because i'm excited for where it goes and where it leads i would love for our audience to find a way to get led to your one-shot movement the work that you're doing even maybe get a copy of the book and learn more of your story and the impact that your work and ethan's really having on the world how can they get in all those contacts and those links yeah, look, most things really just lead to my name. So my website, craigschultz.com, I have my work-life vision book is actually something people can just download. It's like an e-book that people can work through themselves. So work-life vision books on there. I have actually a, a recently an addition. I don't know if it's easy to find on my website just yet, but my first course that I built is actually now a free course called Rapid Freedom Framework. I was originally people buying the book. They were then to buy the course after that, but that's now free, which is really a great way to it's four modules. And yeah, it's a great starting point for anyone that's looking to make their journey, their leap of faith. And just on all the socials, just again, my name on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. So yeah, just really, if you look up my name, you'll pretty much find me and what I'm doing. Yeah, wonderful. And I'll have all those links in the show notes too. So folks can kind of just click through that and get the details. But Craig, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today on the podcast, share some of your story and some of the principles and the lessons along the way that come with it because you know a lot of times the experiences we go through could be so devastating but they can generate so much good for the world and, and that's exactly what you're doing so thank you no, you're welcome and just if anyone's on the show and they're in a real struggle at the moment and you know they can't even afford to buy a book you know if you send me an email I'll just send you the electronic version as well so if you want to put my email there and you know really about you know trying to make an impact and I think my book can do that to a lot of people and I want to thank you for letting me speak on the show.
Yeah, no, absolutely. It was an absolute pleasure. And I'll have your email there as well. And hopefully folks can get in contact with you and secure that. I'm going to break down some of the nuggets and the tidbits you left along the way as we close things out, because I want to make sure that the audience was able to capture some of that. There's nothing you can do. A lot of us find ourselves in situations where the main thing we want to do is change the situation. But the reality is sometimes it is what it is and we have to go through it no matter how bad it might be. And when Craig said, you're all in the game, talking about that one shot and saying, hey, giving you the reality, the fact that you're in the game, the clock is ticking and there's no shot clock. This doesn't stop. There's no timeouts. This is life and it's constantly going right now. So just be hyper aware of that. And that can maybe help give you that motivation into the importance of this life that we're living, the one shot that you have from materials to meaning, turning money, into memories, changing our why into more than just a materialistic thing. And as Craig even breaks down even further later on in the episode about having the multiple areas of your life for living with joy, fulfillment, and happiness. It can't just be one materialistic thing or finances. There are many areas of our lives that we need to water and grow in order to find that fulfillment, that joy, and that happiness. And grieving is really important. I think that's something that Craig said I wanted to make sure I wrote down because a lot of us try to muscle through or I wrote down as in one of my notes, stoicism versus strength, being stoic or being strong. And sometimes we bottle it up. And I love the way you put it. You said at best, you hid your emotions. At worst, you bottled your emotions. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to take that because that's probably what I do. At best, I manage my emotions. At worst, I bottle them up. But it's important to go through that grieving process. Let that be felt and let the healing be done. You don't want to carry it with you moving forward. And of course, perspective being everything, dropping the ego, make the decision, make the decision. And when you do make that decision, understand you're going to be going into battle. One of the many, many principles that was dropped along the whole episode. So Craig, I appreciate you sharing that. It was very, very helpful for the listeners and for the listeners in the audience. Thank you for making it to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate you sharing it with a friend, share it with someone you know can get value from it. Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. You can get a new episode every single week, every Wednesday. We love sharing more stories like Craig's and like this to help folks get over their adversity. And of course, leave a rating. Let us know how we're doing. It's the only way we get better. And if you love the podcast so much and you want to support us monetarily, we have a Patreon page where you can support for as little as $1 a month and you can hear more audio from our guests like Craig and others. And of course, as we always say at the end of the episode, guys, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow.